Hey everyone, welcome to Movies That Rock, the podcast, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald. And today's guest, we have my brother, Kelly Fitzgerald, who's going to be joining me today to talk about the ABBA musicals, Mamma Mia, and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Hi, Kelly. Hello. I'm having some intermittent technical difficulties, so <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can. I think we're I think we're okay now. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for coming out today. Absolutely. Kelly's my brother, by the way. So we've known each other a while. He's three years younger than me. Is that accurate? Four, I think. No, three and a half. I was 85. You're 88, okay. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, but like right now, as of right now, I'm 29 and you're 33. Okay. Well, so. that's fair. Then okay, so I'll, we're, I'll we're accept both, right? four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. Forever. Kind of. I mean, it sort of feels like you are because you're not here that much. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I'm coming back. Oh, okay, that's good. And you're going refresh everyone's memory, as in everyone oh. is in my memory. Where are you going? Um, I'm going to San Francisco for about a week and a half, um, just to visit a friend, my friend Gabriel, who might, if we can convince him, be on this podcast. He should do that. I don't know what he point. would pick. He hates rock music. Yeah, but that's what would make it if fun. There would, I guess if there would be any show he would want to do, it would be this one. Because True. he actually likes ABBA. Yeah, but we could... I mean, there's other ABBA movies, too. So One. Yeah. Well, we can do Maybe that we one. could do... Like, if he comes, we should have him do ABBA the movie. I think he would enjoy that. He's good at just going on tangents about music as well. So. That's true. That would be enjoyable. This is a, a, a family reunion that everyone is experiencing in real time. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> yeah. We went to see the movie that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. One of the two... Th- I'm I'm calling this episode the Mamma Mia saga. Yeah. Do you think there'll be a third one? I doubt it. <laughs> really? They don't seem to want to do one. I mean, Meryl Streep was featured so sparsely in the new one that I, he probably won't want anything to do with the third one. That doesn't mean they can't have one, though. I, well, I guess not. Be running out of songs, though. Yeah. I mean, unless you go dig into like their solo yeah, just catalog. Like all the deep cuts. That's kind of what this was, though. I guess before we get into it, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to get into the ABBA too much. I'll refer you guys to the to the rock solid podcast I did about their music. So yeah, I don't know. It's but pretty comprehensive. It for yeah, for the most part, I, I definitely omitted some tracks that I regret. But I know that you're an equally large fan of them as I am. Yeah, definitely. It, um, we we kind of grew up listening to them. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask what your background is with ABBA. Oh well, we kind of grew up listening to them. That's so. our background with ABBA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have like an entry point? I don't really remember. I think, I mean, I think a lot of my early musical experience kind of comes from hearing what you and our dad would play. Abba was a big part of that. Well, so. I can tell you when I first discovered them. Yeah, sure. It was Uncle Mark. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember that you always used to go in his pickup truck all the time? Yeah, yeah. Wait, is he a fan? Uh, yeah. Oh, I it's because that. of him I know who they are. Oh, he, he usually had either one or two tapes in his tape deck that would never leave, and one of them was was Abba the Singles. Okay, which was kind of like it, it was even before Gold came out, so this had to have been like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, and he would play it in the back. He never put the music loud because he wanted to talk. Uh-huh. And I just remember kind of hearing like this this glimmering music from behind it. I I didn't want them to be talking because I was so fascinated <laughs> by what sounds were coming out of the speaker, and so. I was looking at this tape and I had no clue what was going on, but I know that I like the little bit in the background that I heard. If anybody has seen the, the cover for it, it has the four of them standing there. It's in the early 80s. Frida has like a real chopped 80s haircut uh-huh. 
and their outfits they have like these huge bows and gowns and it's uh, yeah I, I wasn't sure what what planet they came from <laughs> they always had great costumes they did outfits, and i was I convinced that they were that the name of the band was the singles <laughs> so for the longest time i thought they were called the singles and i thought abba was the the record label not the actual group okay it, oh and there's a subtitle that said like the first 10 years mm-hmm. so i just assumed that was the name of the the album and the group was the singles okay and then i got into a fight with our mom about what the name of the group was yeah and i was like why would anybody be such a weird name like that mm-hmm. And so then obviously, like uh, most of the music I had, I quote unquote borrowed it from Uncle Mark. Right. Which meant that I wasn't going to give it back anymore. Do you still have the set? I do, but it's not really playable anymore. Oh. It's all wilted. You know, Mm. the tape is all whatever you call it. I don't know what you call it. Wilted. Wilted. (laughs) It's the word I'm using. Okay. (laughs) And um, and then after I borrowed it from him, I just listened to it nonstop. Yeah. For probably months and months and months and months and months and months. As one does. Yeah. When they first experience ABBA. Right. Not long after that, they had commercials for ABBA Gold. And then I obviously, I bought that for one of the, um, like, Columbia House where they had the the stamps and you had to put 10 of them and you got 10 CDs for one cent and one of them was ABBA Gold. Yeah. I remember that CD and one of my earlier memories of them also is the VHS with the music videos. currently downstairs right now. I should go get it. Yeah. I mean, not, well, that, not that that's yeah. going to help this at all. <laughs> but yeah, that's in there. Right. There were some interesting videos. Yeah. They're not they're not a group that I always like there was there was a long period in my life where I wasn't like coming back to them over and over. But maybe in the past three years, I've really come back with a vengeance in my music playlist. And... Yeah, for me, it was it was actually about the time the first Mamma Mia came out. OK, which is like what? 10 about years 10 ago? years ago, because yeah. all through college, I didn't listen to them at all because i was kind of too cool for them <laughs> like oh that's you know that was music of my childhood and i didn't want to really yeah i was like that with a lot of them like the beatles i, I didn't really listen to it all in college and same. the Bee Gees, all of that that's yeah that's the same for me it wasn't like a too cool thing i was just like trying to find new music i guess mm-hmm. like, and uh, my bg story is pretty much the same as my other story it was yeah uncle mark again oh okay <laughs> He gave me my first Ram by Paul McCartney and everything. Uh-huh. Like most of the music I know is not from our dad; it's from Uncle Mark. Interesting. Yeah. It, well, what did I mean? What did our dad listen to? Like a lot of yes. Yeah, I thought he was like really into prog rock when we were growing he up. He was, and Joe Jackson, Jethro Tull, Elton yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He still listened to Elton John a lot. Yeah, those were kind of the big ones. Jackson Brown. I don't know what else. Do Do you remember anything else? Um, I just remember a lot of musicals too. Yeah, a lot of big musical theater, which is perfect for this. <laughs> um, a lot of like Andrew Lloyd Webber all the time. Yeah, kind of like. only, only Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. and maybe Lemez here and there. Mm-hmm. When we were listening to them as a kid, did you like them or, or did you just kind of tolerate them? I think I liked them. I don't. It's hard for me to go back and remember how I felt, but <laughs> yeah. they obviously stuck with me. So. Right. Let's do like our top songs, I guess, since we're talking about it. Sure. Yeah. What do you think is the appeal of them for you? I don't know. It's they have a lot of the qualities that I just really like in pop music. And I don't I don't know if it like I don't know if it originates from listening to music like that as a kid or if that's just what I naturally gravitate toward. But I really like full lush harmonies. I like very thickly textured music so that there's a lot going on in the instrumentation and the voices and just the the really strong sense of melody their songs are almost like symphonies yeah like pop music symphonies because they're so like you said textured they're very they're not busy no no i wouldn't 
I wouldn't say that. But there's a lot going on at the same mm-hmm. time. There's a lot you can latch your ear on too. Right. And I think I think one of them, it was either Benny or Bjorn, um, said something like he was talking about synthesizers and he was saying that it he uses it like an orchestra, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't you remember where that. I read that. But I, though that's something you probably have to be careful of because it, it, I think there's a fine line when you use a synthesizer. It could either yeah. it could either really, really make it full or it could really taint the music yeah <laughs> depending on how we it's can used. we can all think of right of examples of yeah that. yeah i think those are the appealing qualities yeah. of their music to me and the vocals part of the reason i guess i, I spoiler but i didn't quite latch onto the movie as well is because i the vocals aren't there yeah to the extent yeah. that you know frida and agnetta's vocals are just right. stacked to the ceiling yeah and it's hard for me to well we'll get into it later we will um we keep saying that we yeah promise. <laughs> no and that's yeah you're right the way their vocals blend and mm-hmm. their individual voices too are just so top-notch yeah and that that's true of a lot of the groups i like it's amazing how like serendipitous it was that they that they even formed yeah truly just randomly you know the benny and bjorn were songwriters together sort of they put out an the, album the hoot nanny yeah the hoot nanny singers, singers was bjorn's <laughs> and then the hep stars the hep stars <laughs> was benny's they they oh we're dating these people let's put them together and they'll sing together and it was like the most glorious yeah sound um anietta had a solo career too though she right? did okay. yeah she did she wrote a lot of her music yeah and like i had mentioned i think on the other podcasts is i um they wanted her to write more songs for abba yeah but her she didn't feel like her songwriting style was was a good match for that type uh-huh. of music because she was very she was kind of folky singer songwriter yeah connie francis you know slow tempo she didn't feel comfortable so she she would save all her songs for her solo albums like she put one out in the mid 70s kind of when they were at their peak right I forget where I saw this, but didn't the girls in the band also come up with a lot of ideas like in the yeah. studio too? Yeah, they like, did. They uh, contributed. Um, yeah, they because they had to kind of bring the songs to life. They'd be the first ones to figure out what would work and what didn't work. Yeah. I don't know whether it was with vocals or arrangements or whatnot. It'd there's, be fascinating to know like well, what, there's, have you, what I exactly should give you that did. book that I, I have only have the digital copy. I want to get the physical copy of uh-huh. the complete recording sessions. Carl Magnus Palm is a real renowned ABBA historian. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> what a job. I know, right? He has a whole segment on the girls' contributions to their actual songwriting. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be really interested in that. I think I'm kind of fascinated by why these songs that are so clearly steeped in the 70s why they sound so much better now than mm-hmm. they did 40 50 years ago yeah because they kind of do yeah they see they, it's almost like they're, they're like wine they get better with with age mm-hmm. there's so much musicality to it yeah the melody's constantly moving and it's constantly they're always unpredictable in their songwriting even if you've heard the song a thousand times, you still, I, I mean, I still pick up little details yeah. that I haven't heard before, even though I've, I've played them on a regular basis for the past 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. People get on their case for the lyrics, but I think they, they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of meaning and pathos in what they, in, in what they write about. Occasionally it's silly, but 
a lot of times it's very I meaningful. Mean, so you can't too. get on the you can't rag on ABBA and then exalt the Beatles as yeah. as, as lyrical geniuses when Absolutely. they have you know why don't we do it in the road? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like a song like "When All Is Said and Done," to me, there's been no other song that's so eloquently talked about the end of a relationship i think they have a couple songs that yeah for some reason that's that. that's <laughs> yeah for some reason that particular song though stands out for me just because it's so 99 percent uh, of the breakup songs you hear if you think of like alanis morissette you ought to know it's like you're a terrible person go to hell and then then you have this song that's well you know we both kind of screwed up and we're clearly not a good match for neither yeah, one, neither one of us are to blame it's nobody's actual fault this right and that's out. and that kind of maturity is is very rare yeah, and that's a pretty common occurrence it is. for things it, just to not work out. Right. I mean, you know, you can fantasize and indulge yourself in these these feelings of like, oh, this this they need to go to hell, but that's yeah. really not how reality works. You yeah. Know? Here's to us, one more toast, and then we'll pay the bill. And also, too, if you think about the fact that they're not English speakers. Right. Yeah, that's it's so impressive. Yeah, it makes it that much more remarkable. I think that being because I'm an ESL teacher and I find that there's a certain people who are not native English speakers can tap into like a certain emotional circuit that native speakers can't in the way that they phrase things and then the way that they speak. Interesting. And there's a, I, I notice a lot of that in their writing. Yeah particularly you know like the winner takes of all the winner takes it all is a good example you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it sounds bizarre to say something you know the gods will throw the dice and their minds as cold as this. what does that mean but it kind of makes sense you yeah know? it does carry some meaning i would mm-hmm. say it, but in like one of my favorite lines too is is in slipping through my fingers when he, when she says you know i wish i could freeze a picture and save it from the funny tricks of time mm-hmm I don't know that a native English speaker could come up with something like that, to be honest with you, because no people don't talk that way. Yeah, but it carries a lot of weight. Do you have a do you have like a top five? I always do this. this yeah, is, this it's is a regular to, part. It's hard to come up with on the spot. Um, well, you're gonna have to try. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I am. Um, it, does it have to be ordered, or can mm-hmm. I just give you five? Okay. No, I don't believe in ordering. <laughs> um. Okay. Angel eyes. Mm. Yeah, that's a good choice. Every choice you're gonna pick is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, and then you there's could gonna just be say fifteen that others that are missing. Yeah, <laughs> the way old friends do. Oh yeah, I always forget about that song. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. Big fan of that one. 
I've been waiting for you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the last two I knew were going to be the hardest. Um, <laughs> My list is very different. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably Super Trooper. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm actually going to go back on Super Trooper and say When All is Said and Done and mm-hmm. Chiquitita. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. I guess since you made those changes, our lists are not that dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have my holy trinity <coughs> of Super Trooper, Chiquitita, and One of Us. Okay. And the, the other two, I thought about this long and hard because it changed all the time. The other two would probably be My Love, My Life, mm-hmm. and I guess... N- when all of a sudden done is so close, but I think I'm going to have to go with knowing me, knowing you. Okay. Well, then we only have <coughs> one in common. Oh, that's right. You you backtracked <laughs> yeah. on Super Trooper. Just yeah. kidding. But it's it's close. It is close. close. And any single person you ask will have something completely different. Yeah. And they're all valid because they're all amazing. So, yeah, Mamma Mia. Yeah. The, the musical slash movie. Bef- well, so this is not their first rodeo when it comes to musicals. Yeah. Because they did chess. Chess. So, yeah, chess, which I've only gotten into in, like, the past year. It's pretty good. It's really good. I, was, I was, wasn't I was sure because I'd heard mixed things. It's, it's kind of funny because chess has, like, a weird history mm-hmm. in that. The, the game the, or the musical? The musical. Well, probably the game, too. I don't know that much about it. You're a chess player. Yeah. Does it, 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 have, we- does it, it has have a weird, weird history? history. Okay. Kind of. I think they outlined it in one of the eight million versions of the musical that the, the, the story of how chess came to, like, the play, or the not the play, the game came to be. <laughs> Right? I I have no idea. I'm I'm not. I don't. You're not know, a historian. No, I don't know the musical that well. So well, like, that's the that's the kind of point that I was gonna make. Nobody really oh. does. It's a weird irony because they wrote chess as a musical, but they've never made a definitive version. They've never been a version of that musical that they've been satisfied with. Tim Rice has said every single version of chess that is produced is completely different. <laughs> because when they put out the concept album, there wasn't really a narrative thread. Mm-hmm. There was a real basic one, but then. When it went to Broadway, they wrote a book, and it was, and it was the, the plot was really a mess. It was a convoluted mess, and nobody really followed. So they changed well, it again, <laughs> right? And that's that's not unfamiliar, right? Right, as exactly. we'll get to, <laughs> right? And so they changed it again, and then in like right after Mamma Mia came out, at, uh, like Josh Groban and um, Adele Dazim, Adina Menzel. <laughs> did were you just say Groban? Did I? <laughs> it sounded like Josh it. I don't know. Groban, Groban. I may have. They they were in a version in London, and that, again, was completely different that I guess they call kind of the, quote, definitive version. But it's just ironic that, that the, the, the musical that was written as a musical is not really successful as a musical, but the, yeah. the songs that were not written in, uh, for a musical in any way, shape, or form came together like that as a yeah. musical. <laughs> but I love I love chess. I um. I mean, one night night in Bangkok was a big hit, but I think that nobody's side is probably like the the, the one, like the lost this Abba gem. I've still a lot to prove. There must be more I could achieve, but I don't have the nerve to leave. Everybody's Didn't you see chess? Yeah, but that was like mm. 10, 10 or so years ago. So. Yeah, I recommend going back and listening to the album because it is really good. 
Okay. Hopefully someday there'll be like a like one version of it. Yeah. Um I mean, yes, but I'd rather have them write new music which apparently which they they're are. doing. Yeah. That's crazy. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that no. they would get back together. Not even to record cuz they were they were so steadfast yeah. about not getting back together. And I I see their logic and mm-hmm. I respected them a lot for that because they that's but if they feel inspired to, you know, mm-hmm. they feel like they have more to say at this point. Yeah. He yeah. W- I obviously the songs haven't come out at this point. But he was saying that when they went back into the studio, they just pick, they were able to pick right up where they left off. The, Which the magic he? was still there. Bjorn, I think. Oh. One of the he's. <laughs> they're interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> um, much. So, Mamma Mia. So the plot reads like this. Meryl Streep plays Donna Sheridan, a hotel owner in Greece, whose 20-year-old daughter Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, is getting married. Wanting her father to be at the wedding and not knowing who the man might be, Sophie invites three potential men based on her mother's entries in her diary. As Sophie, Donna, and the three men try to figure out the truth, lots of humor, hijinks, and ABBA songs ensue. Yeah. You saw the stage play, right? I did. I did. I think we saw it together years ago. I think so. And um, I remember when I first heard that it was happening, I wasn't thrilled jukebox musicals weren't a thing i think it was like 98 99 when they started putting together mama mia uh-huh. i just was remember th- thinking that i don't know why they would want to make a musical mm-hmm. with all these uh, first of all i didn't know how they would work and the whole idea just seemed kind of preposterous to me but i actually liked the play i don't remember that much about it but i remember enjoying it i don't remember hating it mm-hmm. honestly yeah, I, it was it was fun, and obviously the music was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, there's the plot, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we watched both of them. We're gonna cover yeah. both one and two in this because they're they're pretty related. We mm-hmm. can easily cover. So we watched the movie. You, I had seen this was when we watched it last week. This was my third time seeing the movie. Oh, oh. And this, this was is your, my first time. Yes, I had never seen it. First of all, tell why don't you tell what happened towards the end, like what I happened to me towards the end. Oh, um, Josh just burned out. Yeah. Um, at, <laughs> at some point, maybe with uh, 10 or it, so You know what it left. was? It was during Take a Chance on Me, oh. which is maybe the, the third last song in the movie. Yeah, he, he grabbed the remote and... And started fast forwarding. I kind of had a meltdown (laughs) in a way. And said, I think that basically covers it or something like that. But then I turned it off completely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I figured it wasn't worth fast forwarding it because. And then we watched Call Me By Your Name, which. Which was quite a. Yeah. Quite a yin and yang. You know. A double feature. (laughs) Right. So what what are your overall thoughts on that movie oh, i think pretty, mine are fairly it's clear. pretty bad <laughs> um it was bad <laughs> i yeah <laughs> it's just the, i have so many thoughts yeah the plot was so convoluted mm-hmm. um which is forgivable in some ways if yeah. other aspects are there but i was really looking forward to rewatching this movie because i mm-hmm. Like I said, it was my third time seeing it, but it's probably been eight years since I saw it. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to have an open mind. It's, you know, there's a new one coming out that's getting good reviews. Um, and back when I first saw it, I was so fixated on the, the ABBA recordings and everything that I, I, I couldn't really find an access point. Mm-hmm. So I was going to let that go. So then we watched it the other night. And yeah, this movie's dog shit. Yeah, it's just, it's disappointing because there's a lot of potential there. Great music. You know, they got a cast of great actors. And then it's just, 
so much of the movie is just so uncomfortable and exhausting to watch just because yeah it's very cringy dialogue 11 the screenplay is god awful yeah yeah god awful i don't remember if that was the same script that they used for the stage play but i don't remember it being that cringy in the stage play i don't know if maybe it just didn't translate to the screen yeah that's possible i don't know the direction was awful and mm -hmm. i think that's that's part of a testament to it is that they couldn't sell that dialogue yeah despite having these a-list actors saying them the songs were just kind of like in the second one they kind of fit together a little better, but yeah, I didn't think they really like there was any need for them in the first movie. Like, I mean, they just every, kind of shoehorn them in. Yeah, every every song or every dialogue point was just an excuse to sing the song. Everybody n- going into this movie knows it's going to be clumsy because yeah. <laughs> it's just the nature of the of the jukebox musical. Right, but it can be clumsy without being just cringe-inducing. Yeah, like and then <laughs> and then even when you think you've reached a safe oasis of no more dialogue <laughs> and an actual good song that's just the performance of the song is really right. really disappointing yeah um, and i mean there that's not to say like amanda C- seyfried seyfried okay. yeah um she was good she's a good she singer she to me she was kind of like she's a heart and soul yeah in my opinion i think i everything i've seen her in i've just loved her in. she did her best to rescue she did i don't think she really <laughs> Imagine being her up against these legends <laughs> yeah, and and trying to hold your own mm-hmm. and then come to find out later that you're actually like the savior of the movie. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's this. It's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. <laughs> um, I'm trying hard to think of yeah. other, other redeeming individual performances. Yeah. But. Now, well, here's the, th- let's talk about Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Because we had watched, like, we had, we, before we watched the movie, I actually kind of interrupted, like, the first five minutes of the movie to show you yeah. this, the review that Mark Kermode did on the BBC for the first movie. He was a little over the top in his review, but it was mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And he talked about, like, Pierce Brosnan and how everybody was just, you know, couldn't stand how. And, and yeah, Pierce Brosnan is not a good singer. No. I, he's really not a good singer. But. I mean, I don't. He hit notes like I don't I don't he know if they auto tuned him, but he right. he was able to hit the notes. There's just no musicality there, <laughs> just right? Kind of shouting he, the notes. I I thought it was just funny that like when like in SOS when he did the where in your god he like put his whole body yeah. into it. <laughs> like, you know you can't quite <laughs> dance, but you're kind of throwing your body into it. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. And it, I actually, when he did when all is said and done the beginning, I actually felt something. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, it wasn't like I don't know if it's just because of the the the, the <clears throat> indestructibility of the song itself. <laughs> it's very possible, which is possible, but I I I wasn't wanting to barf. I wouldn't call it a great performance or anything. No, not, there are no great performances in this movie. <laughs> and um, you had commented on Meryl Street during the movie. I forgot what I said. You just said she wasn't good. Oh yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think she was. She's good. Meryl Street. I. I think I had mentioned too that her acting style kind of was at odds with the aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, she was. All, she's almost too good for this movie. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible, but <laughs> no. That's, but she that takes her craft so seriously. <clears throat> yeah, that she it it becomes laughable in the context of Mamma Mia. Yeah, it's like she killed the winner takes it all. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. You can disagree with me. I don't, I don't remember the okay. song being in the movie. To be honest, really, yeah. when she point? was on the mountain, right before the wedding, and she they were right by that by the mountain. 
in the staircase and she was singing the Pierce Brosnan. You might have checked. Maybe you checked out so I hard at that point. I might have checked out at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been on my phone or something. It's very I was on my <laughs> phone for a lot of the movie. And, and yeah, Julie Walters and Christine Bransky, her two friends. Now, Christine Baranski, I am a fan of, and mm-hmm. she's from Buffalo. She's from Tiktawaga. Yeah. So shout outs. Yeah, but they just didn't. I don't know. Well, I, I will can't. say, I will say when when they started to sing Chikatita and they were doing it in these stupid comic relief voices and like shouting. And, yeah, it got like it got better. They actually started singing and it sounded okay, but it was just a bad idea to have that be the case. And I don't know. It's an, they were like comic relief characters that provided no comic relief really, at all. Right. Isn't it frustrating that this movie was peop- a lot of people's gateway into the world of ABBA? Yeah. It's and I think bad. that a lot of people just kind of hate them by default because they hate this movie. Yeah. And, and I don't want to say I hate it. I really don't want to say that I hate this movie. I, I didn't enjoy watching it that yeah. much. There were some things about it that I really, really liked. Like I said, Amanda Seyfried and, you know, certain certain performances of the songs I thought were worthy. Like mm-hmm. Slipping Through My Fingers was really well done. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it's, I can't quite put my finger on what it is about it. that I don't know if it's just – it's a lot. Yeah. The movie's a lot mm-hmm. to take in. I mean, it's just two hours of, like, unbridled joy. But yeah. also, un- but not in a good but it, way. It, but it's I'm not. It's not convincing joy to me. Yeah, it seems canned. It. Yeah, and I don't know if it could just because I'm kind of a cynic by nature. I don't. And think I, that's I think it. a lot of people were won over by this. Like obviously, ton millions of people were won over by it. Mm-hmm. And so it could just be me, but I just don't really get that from it. And I'm kind of the target demographic for it. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's just cynicism. I would agree with you that it just seemed like it was trying to beat you over the head with yeah it's joy. like you will love this movie yeah you will have a good time yeah <laughs> it's kind of yeah. what it was the the plot was i was reading up on it and the plot is actually lifted from a 60s movie <laughs> what movie it's called it's called buena, buena sarah mrs campbell from 1968 it had like a lot of gina lola brigida was in it and she played a wife who i guess was trying to find you know, the father of her kids. And there were three potential dads, like Phil Silvers was one of them. Uh, Peter Lawford and Telly Savalas were the three men that were potential. It was like the exact same plot yeah. for Mamma Mia. And I don't know if that was, they had to have watched that movie when they were making this. I don't know how they managed to get it to fit in with all the songs, <laughs> but I actually watched the trailer for that movie and it looked kind of interesting. Actually, I, I would actually consider watching it. Yeah, sure. Does it have music in it? I'm I'm sure it does. I don't think it has ABBA music, seeing <laughs> as it was 1968. Maybe. But, oh, oh, that's right. It was actually, to keep going with the history, there was a, a, they took that movie into a musical in 1979 called Carmelina that was written by Alan J. Lerner, who did, like, On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever. Yeah, yeah. And, and Georgia Brown was in it, and it was, like, a, the, one of the biggest flops in Broadway history. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... Yeah, and so I don't know. Like, here, let's take this. Maybe we can rejuvenate this flop by putting Swedish pop songs in it. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anything else about, I mean, the first one? Yeah, you're right. I didn't, I like the idea of it. Mm -hmm. I just, so much wrong with the execution, I think. And it it makes me kind of sad to dislike it as much as I did. That's, well, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It, I think it's just wasted potential and yeah it's, it's sort of a bummer it's a project that had its heart in the right place i guess yeah so we went to see the second one the day before yesterday the day before you came 
Yeah. <laughs> so Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, centers on Sophie, who's preparing to reopen Donna's hotel after her death and the troubles that is causing. Meanwhile, in a parallel prequel plot, the young Donna, played by Lily James, leaves home and moves to Greece in an attempt to find herself, and in the process, hooks up with a trio of men before finding out that she's pregnant with Sophie. Again, more hijinks and more ABBA. So yeah, it was kind of different in some ways. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely better and a, a better experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for me too. Yeah, <laughs> almost across the board. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out why exactly because there were still some of the same issues I had with it mm-hmm. as with the other one. The reason that I think I liked it more is, to me, the direction was a lot more on point. Uh, can you elaborate? On yeah. That? So so like line delivery was was more believable. Um, transitions were smoother. It was not as... In the first one, I feel like I could see the strings in a lot of places. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. They were, they were playing to the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, I think they, they consciously knew they were truly making a movie. Yeah. And so they, they were able to kind of direct it as such. And um, Were Benny and Bjorn more involved in the second it one? Seemed, I think they were. Okay. By the way, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were the pr- producers for both of these. Did you see that in <laughs> no, credit? No, I didn't. Yeah, which is weird. But mm-hmm. the screenplay, I think, was better simply because they knew they were writing it as a movie. Yeah. Um. So the dialogue wasn't quite as stilted. It was more, I don't know, I th- if the songs were better performed, the song yeah, selection were. was better. Yep. Um. The acting was better. I mean, I, I found it more believable. Mm-hmm. I I was mo- more emotionally compelling. Like I actually mm-hmm. felt something by the end. Yeah, where I didn't really connect in any way in the first right. one. The first one's just like a big romp. Yeah. Does that did that answer your question? I'm not sure that it did. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know it, what specific it felt elements. Smoother. Of like it, it felt like the, like a lot of. It was ironed out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they figured out what worked, what didn't work. The actors, I, in, in, like I said, the actors in general, I thought did a better job. I loved almost everyone in the young cast. Yeah, they highlighted the actors who gave the best performances. Right. As opposed to the first one, where right. I think they And I never thought I would ever say this about any movie, but I actually liked it better without Meryl Streep in it. Yeah. I really did. The first one might have been actually one of her biggest acting challenges because mm-hmm. for that reason, because it was right. so out of her element from what yeah. she's used to that she didn't quite know how to find the balance of, of I don't, I'm just guessing. I don't know why. Is no it a spoiler to say she's briefly in it? Like, are you going to, no, I don't think so. Out? She's on okay. the soundtrack. Well, okay. <laughs> um, cause when she did come in, I thought it was great. Like mm-hmm. just that one, that, that one, one and done song. Yeah. 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 And that was, that was fine. That was perfect. Yeah. I didn't like share. I know you yeah, were elaborate kind of more about me. Uh, elaborate about, that, about me yes <laughs> we've elaborated several times on me already but let's elaborate more because i'm that cool okay her inclusion in the movie just reminded me a lot of what i didn't like about the first movie gimmicky it just like, felt oh shares in it so yeah, yeah 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 just like putting her in as a name mm-hmm. um really nothing essential to the plot at no, all no um whereas i felt like some of the songs were actually justified, not mm-hmm. just based on some throw-off line of dialogue. Right. Um, some of the songs in this movie actually like needed to be there for the plot. And yeah. when Cher came in and her song and like the and whole Fernando, which is yeah, totally fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and she i don't think she sounded good like i'm not really looking forward to her upcoming album <laughs> to be honest doesn't mean you have to listen to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't dislike share like i right. i think she's she's great but i don't like her singing abba songs and i didn't like her in the movie i didn't have really any feelings towards her whatsoever in the movie i mean i thought the song was just fine she was whatever it wasn't much of a character yeah which i guess <clears throat> is because of his stunt <laughs> yeah. casting you know yeah it just it seems so cheap to me i don't know yeah i didn't see it as cheap i just i i don't know i just didn't care i guess um <laughs> <laughs> I, is that bad i don't know i just no didn't. no she was I mean she was fine. I didn't I did I guess I didn't really like her or dislike her. She wasn't mm. in the enough she wasn't in enough of the movie to really make an impression on me. Yeah. I'm not really a movie person, honestly. Yeah. And like yeah. at that point in the movie it was it's been like two hours and I was like, Okay, come on. <laughs> yeah, I could see where that would be tough. <laughs> but I really I did really like the ending sequence where like everyone the in my the love cast, my life scene. No, that was really oh. great too. But like the yeah. ending, ending where like everyone oh. in the cast got together, Super and sang, Trooper, yeah, sang Super that Trooper. That was good. Yeah, that that was really. And they all dressed up in in the most ornate ABBA yeah, outfits you yeah, could yeah, yeah. come up with. Yeah, I thought it was a cool way to like wrap it all up and tie it together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my love, my life was really that was a an emotional highlight too. It, yeah, it was, and I, I remember we had a conversation probably like a couple of years ago that you were saying you didn't really like that song. Yeah, it's gr- it's grown I, on I, me. I, just had to, I could never wrap my head around that. I just think it's like one of the most it's just it's just such a ravishing melody to me. It's like um, it just transports you in my opinion. But yeah, it's like still it's not in my top 10, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think, do like it a lot. And I know. think what I like about the ABBA version is that it's it's it sounds so different from anything they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Like you're floating away almost. It, it has that, mm-hmm. that extraterrestrial nature that I don't know. It's hard to explain. It just has a different tone from anything else they've ever done. Were you surprised they included it in the movie? A little bit, but I'd actually listened to the soundtrack album before I went to see okay. it. Okay. Um, did they did they do in the first movie the thing they did in this movie where like there's like almost constantly between scenes incidental music of yeah. Abba playing? Yeah. Okay, I noticed it way more in this movie. Yeah, like, I did too. I liked the scene when they were in the restaurant and, and you could hear Our Last Summer playing on the piano in the background. Yeah. And the and camera it, kind of just subtly, it wasn't, it's a cameo, but it was yeah, just real yeah, subtly. Yeah. You could see Benny yeah. Anderson in the background. Yeah, that was really nicely neat. done. I actually had trouble naming some of the songs in the incidental music. <laughs> I, I thought it was easier this time than mm-hmm. in the first one. Everything was easier this time than the first one. It's easier to watch at this one. No, I think I was able to, every time I noticed it, figure it out eventually. Yeah. But, like, I had to sing through the the words in my head to get to the (laughs) the chorus. Lily James was just a marvel, I thought. She's stunning. Yeah. You called it, but I don't remember her being in Downton Abbey. Yeah. did she play? How much of the series have you seen? I mean, I've seen the whole thing, but it's been a while. Oh, she plays um, Lady Rose. Okay. She's, like 
the cousin of Robert and Cora, but she's a lot younger than that. Okay, I don't know why that passed me by, but yeah, it's no, a pretty. I mean, it's a pretty big role. I don't know. She's in a lot of the series, so. mm-hmm. and I know she's in Baby Driver, which I still haven't seen yet. I haven't. Apparently, seen she's very good in that. I loved like everything about her in the movie. Her, yeah. her singing was great. She has like a once in a lifetime screen presence. I thought, yeah, just for because sure. like and a role like that where you're playing a young Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I definitely thought the young cast far and away stole the movie from the vets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> they just ran away with the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were definitely some inconsistencies in plot between the two movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember specifically what they were, but there were a couple times watching it where I was like, that's not how it happened in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of, well, some of it was with Pierce Brosnan, I think. Yeah. Like, and also to remember they didn't, Sophie, Amanda Seyfried's character, and who's Dominic Cooper's character? I don't remember his name. Who's Dominic Cooper? Her boyfriend slash husband. Oh, Sky. Sky, thank you. <laughs> they didn't get. Remember, they called the wedding off in the first movie, and then yeah. this one starts. And I guess are, were they married? I don't know. I didn't quite. Maybe. Wasn't sure. I mean, this is sort of like a, I feel like kind of a conservative-ish family-ish movie. So I, the fact that she's pregnant, they would probably lead most people to assume that they were married. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Not, they, they didn't really cover it. No, they Did didn't. They? they didn't mention it. So I, I just kind of assumed by the fact that she was preg- pregnant at the end of it that they were married. Just yeah. because this is not like it's not like a progressive movie, yeah. or like a left leaning movie in very many ways. But I mean, it does. Yeah. The first one yeah. does its does its share of slut shaming. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just a couple things in between the movies. I'm like that. Right. That's a Continuity. plot hole. Yeah. So I, I also found out that Mamma Mia two. It had the biggest opening weekend of any of the leads' careers, like Meryl Streep, wow. Cher, and Amanda Seyfried. All of their careers just had the biggest opening weekend, which Dang. is really surprising. Yeah, you think about their filmography. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. Maybe Meryl <laughs> is the only surprising one. But I would think Moonstruck would have a bigger opening weekend for Cher. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> so I mean, it did it did well, right? It's doing well. Yeah, it never made it office. to number one. It was number two because it was up against Jurassic World. Well, which is you know that's pretty, fair though. Yeah. I mean, I wish we would have gotten a cameo from the girls in the movie. Oh, Anita and Frida. Yeah, wasn't expecting it. But. No, I guess I wasn't either. But you never know. <laughs> that's kind of my take on it. Do you have any parting thoughts, final thoughts about either of one of the movies or the whole franchise? Not really. It would be interesting if they ended up doing a third one. But mm-hmm. you said you don't expect it. So, but I, I think saw an they interview a... where they, they he's like, no. Oh, Bjorn was like, but then again, how many years did he say Abba was like <laughs> yeah. together? So yeah. take that with a grain of salt, right? Um, but I mean, I think they have a big enough back catalog where they could, if they mm-hmm. wanted to. I don't know. I'd love to hear like King Kong song, yeah, or Rock Me, Bang a Boomerang, Bang a Boomerang, sitting in the palm tree. Yeah, that'd the, be that'd be good sick, ones. right? Yeah, the yeah. good ones. What's okay? I never asked this. What's your favorite album? Oh, um, well, this changes, but I've been really, really jamming to Vule Vule. Really? Yeah. Okay. I know you had a pretty intense visitors. Phase. Yeah, I do. I still really, really like the visitors a lot. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I really like Vule Vule. There's definitely at least one pile of shit on every album. Let's name them. So yeah, what's yeah, what's yeah. the pile of shit on <clears throat> the visitors? We'll go backwards. Um, I have to, I don't like, I let the music speak. I, I stand by the fact they should have swapped that one out, put it as a B side and replaced it with, should I laugh or cry? Mm-hmm. That would have been more consistent <clears throat> with the tone of the album and it's just a better song. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
there a different song you were thinking in, from that album? That no, I, I two for the price of one is okay. I like that song. Yeah, it's fine. A lot of people hate Head Over Heels. No, a lot of people. <laughs> no, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter. I'm not going to name this person because he he's a podcast listener. David Crosby. It was David Crosby who banished <laughs> me. Yeah, <laughs> but he listens to the podcast. But he so. listens to the podcast. So he, yeah. Hi, David. Hi, and he can't stand Head Over Heels. Oh, which is a, so I well, kind of had a conversation with him about that. Yeah. So Super Trooper, what's the? Um, I have to look at the, the dud. list. I'm okay, sorry. let's open this up. Okay. I'll, well, I, I'm going to name mine while. I would have to probably. This is going to really piss a lot of people off, but I'm a, I'm a swap out on and on and on. Yeah, I don't. People love that song. I, hmm. It's just bland. There's not the melody is almost non-existent. I like this the is words. tough because I don't really dislike any of these songs, but maybe on Dante on Dante. Yeah, that's that was the other one. That's actually in Mamma Mia too. Yeah, I know. And it was okay. it wasn't that interesting there no. either. It's just not it's just a boring song. Voulez-vous. Easy. Easy, <laughs> easy. Is, well, for me. Voulez-vous has my least favorite. Oh, of, yeah. Of I know you I know you don't song. like that song, but my choice is different from yours. What's your choice? You go first. I don't like The King Has Lost His Crown. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of a... I love that song, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit in with the mood of the album. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a really strong B-side or strong single. Yeah. Maybe during like... Maybe. Maybe like a double A-side with like Summer Night City. Okay. Because I think I just like that it's kind of a departure from what they've done before, and I like the story. freaking stand i have a dream i know i hate that song i know you know i'm telling these people (laughs) um any song that has that much that that uses a children's choir that gratuitously just needs to not exist i I just can't the sitar this everything about it to me is just like an epic fail
let's well. move on. Sorry. No, it's it's okay. I like it. Okay. Abba the album. What would you delete from that one? Um Do you want, do you want me to tell mine? Yeah, go for it. I would I would get rid of I Wonder Departure. Yeah, probably the same. Very boring. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of one man, one woman either. That one's fine. It's not. It's it's kind of like a precursor to like their more epic breakup songs from later years. Yeah, but I I don't know. Doesn't but it doesn't, doesn't really hit, hit the me. ground running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is that your choice? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, probably I wonder departure. No. Is my first choice. I don't, I, I don't think I would have replaced it. Just leave it as an eight song album. Yeah. Nine song albums are bizarre, so we'll just leave it at eight. <laughs> are they? Yeah. I think. They're awkward. But who the hell am I if I don't Arrival. You're going to be mad at my choice, but you go first. Well, not that this would be my choice, but is Fernando technically on this album? No, no? it's not. It was a single. It came out as a single before the album came out. Okay. Okay. Dum Dum Diddle. See, I love Dum Dum Diddle. (laughs) The words are just ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but it's such a catchy song. (laughs) It's so fun. I like every other song better. Mm, Yeah, I guess that's fair. My choice is why did it have to be me? Mm, yeah. I, I don't like it when ABBA does cabaret stuff. And that's one of the biggest offenders. Yeah. I see that. You know what but I mean? But I like it. So. Yeah. And that's also in Mamma Mia too, which was sort of a, <laughs> I, I wasn't really into it. I, Happy Hawaii should be, should replace it because it's the same song. Really, it is. And it's just a more, I, I just like the production better. It doesn't have that really cheesy cabaret thing going on that doesn't really work on me. Mm. So, I yeah. can't, I can't really justify it. I just really enjoy it so no sometimes that happens yep when you were lonely you need a man someone to lean on well i understand it's only natural but why did it have to be me early this morning i drove in the rain out to the airport to get on the plane ABBA, the eponymous release. I have to, this one I'm not sure about. There's a couple iffy ones on this. There's a lot of songs on this album that I'm like, oh, this is kind of stupid, but I actually really like it. (laughs) To me, this is one of their lesser albums. Um, I want to say Intermezzo number one, honestly. Yeah. Is it because it's an instrumental? Yeah. Yeah. I just. Are you one of those people who are like, oh, it doesn't mean anything because there's no words? No. Okay, I mean, I, I, I'm a classical musician. That's true. I probably should have established <laughs> that in the start of the podcast that your career is yeah. right now. 
We'll introduce you at the end of the podcast. Okay. Yeah, I think that works. <laughs> no, I just, for me, like we already said why Alba appeals to me and for it to just be an instrumental song. I don't know. I don't know if it works for me in the context of this album. Something like uh, Benny's piano album is great. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to deep six. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. I kind of figured you would pick that one. Yeah. It's too, it's again, it's a cabaret, cabaret. thing. Yeah. And I don't like the production is almost too dense as to make the whole song almost topple over on itself. Uh. <laughs> and the melody doesn't really go anywhere for me. Although there, there's a couple contenders. Man in the Middle is not great. Although I, it, it's it's funky enough to get by. And Rock Me is really not good. Rock Me was probably my second choice to get rid of. Oh, man. I like both those songs. Mm. I like Man in the Middle more than I like Rock Me. It's those a, are, those might be nostalgia likes for me yeah, because I, I was into them as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I remember you loved Rocky as <laughs> yeah. a kid. I don't know something about like Bjorn's kind of posturing vocals that I really <laughs> just don't reminiscent of Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Waterloo. Oof. This is a tricky one. It's probably Asta Manana for me. Oh, I forgot that's on the album. Yeah. That, did you hear that one in Mamma Mia 2 yeah. in the background? Yeah. I liked that version of the song more than I like Abba's <laughs> version. Yeah. if i'd get i think i would probably get rid of gonna sing you my love song mm-hmm. it's just boring yeah and then album number one ring ring i could probably get rid of about a third <laughs> of the songs on this oh i'm so sorry Anyeta, but i have to choose disillusion really yeah that surprises me that for the record that's the only song in the I no know. that's that's <laughs> actually wrong oh that's one of two songs in the abba catalog that she composed not yeah not your thing no sorry so that's, I think, why she didn't want to write any more songs because she knew that <laughs> it wasn't me because of Kelly. Yeah. I know it doesn't matter just how hard I try. You're all the reason for my life. Disillusion, disillusion, so you left for me. Oh, this one is hard. There's a couple I want to get rid of. Probably, I mean, me and Bobby and Bobby's brother sucks hardcore. I like that song a lot. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I probably <clears throat> would get rid of Love Isn't Easy, but it sure is hard enough. That's, <laughs> that's one of my favorites on the album. Really? As well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's no, you, too... you you choose what you want to. I don't know. Before Ring Ring, Benny and Bjorn actually put out like a put out like a Simon and Garfunkel esque folk album. Uh-huh. That's really good. I don't know what any of the words mean, but I really <laughs> like it. I only have the record though. I don't have it. I don't think it's been released on CD. Which what is kind name of did they release it under? Like Benny what? Anderson and Bjorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, now, it's kind of a bonus round. Mm-hmm. Since they pretty much have an album's worth of songs that were singles only, both B-sides and A-sides, sure. and unreleased tracks. Mm-hmm. Favorite and least favorite. Because I tend to forget about those, and some of those are pretty phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. Favorite is, oh, man. I was, I, I, I think Cassandra. Cassandra? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I I kind of like all of the late period ones. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, I'm tempted to say the day before you came, but I don't know if that's right. I'm probably gonna have to go with just like that as my favorite. I like that one too. Song. That's it's a great so song. So good. Now you don't like the day before you came much. No, do you? I don't. And tell us why, because that's a, that's a huge favorite. <laughs> it just doesn't do much for me. Can you play a couple seconds of it? Do you want the Meryl Streep version, the <laughs> Stephen Wilson version, or the ABBA version? The ABBA version. Okay, please. let me find. <laughs> doesn't have the same emotional heft for me as some of my other favorites by them. Mm-hmm. I was always really engrossed by the story. Mm-hmm. I love her vocal performance. I um, It's a little long, but I also love that you're not quite sure what to make of it. If it's, if it's, you know, what kind of person is came into her life. Yeah. You know, maybe it was somebody who ruined her life completely, or maybe it's somebody who saved her from something. We don't really know. And I think that's, I, I, I really like that. I guess for me, the melody doesn't pull me in enough mm. to to invest in the story. Oh, well. Sorry. It's okay. To me, it has a certain level of nuance that's lacking from a lot of the ABBA catalog. Mm. Which well. I guess, I know, which I guess is, is maybe that's not a fair criticism, but... <laughs> I'm not nuanced. Hmm? Hmm? You're not nuanced? No, yeah. I didn't say you're not nuanced. I said ABBA's not 
they, they're not exactly known for their no i know i know i know for being nuanced and perhaps maybe that's why the uh movie is kind of hard to watch yeah this <laughs> is everything they lay lot they lay everything on pretty damn thick they sure do yeah is there any parting thoughts about anything that we've discussed no i mean we talked about abba way more than the movies but that's okay um there's not a lot to say about the movies yeah. they are they are what they are for many people they're nuggets of joy that mm-hmm. you know pull them i don't pull them out of you know sadness and whatnot go ahead yeah i mean i don't I can't think of. The I word. don't. I won't disparage anyone from liking yeah. or watching these movies. As everybody who who is probably a, a follower of this podcast knows, I, I know I go on and on about Abba, so I'll stop myself here. <laughs> You're probably tired of hearing it, so yeah. Anything I else am. you want to say? Yeah, I know I am tired of talking about them. <laughs> so yeah, so thank you for coming out and doing oh, this. Yeah, it was really fun. Me. I yeah. appreciate it. I hope you are able to do more of these. Yeah, me too. I know you're not a movie person, as you said, but yeah, but that's okay. I mean. I'll offer my thoughts. Okay, as much as I as much as I can. Do you have any ways that people can can find you on any sort of no outlet? No, you're pretty (laughs) devoid of all social media. Yeah, which is a good way to be. So yeah, people know where to find me Mm on 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 Twitter, Joshusfit six one eight eight five. We have a a a podcast email address, so maybe we'll get some emails about this. Yeah, movies at rockpod at gmail dot com. I I am single, so yeah, ready to mingle. Yeah. No, not, re- not really. <laughs> also, podcast services are free. So perhaps in return, you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating. Give us a review. Um, let us know what we what you like, what you don't like. I'm not a sucker for flattery. I like honest feedback so I can know what to change and what to make better. Um, so this is all about you guys. And um, it also helps people find the show as well. So that would be very much appreciated. Yeah. And thanks again for coming and doing this. Thanks for listening. And I'm, I'm actually going to close it out with um, the piano version of My Love, My Life. Nice. So I guess we're done. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.